Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It was focused on the transatlantic slave trade. And I just thought, you know, I don't want my children to constantly think that everything about black people and everything about our history revolves around the slave trade, because I think that's the narrative. Um, and I think it's what you said about, um, you know, our contribution to Britain mm. historically being omitted. It's not like it never happened. You know, like there were black people in Victorian times during the Tudor times. So yeah. it's like, you know, kids learn these things at school. So why are black people left out of that conversation? Why are they left out of the subject? Mm. All you kind of need to do is, you know, bring us in and bring our roles in, even down to the roles mm. that we played during the world wars. So mm. I, I don't know, I just, I find that, offensive I think is the word no definitely I agree with you 100% um yeah I think we need to do more because it tells a story today as you say like what we're missing out in the past bears an impact on what students believe they can or can't do today so yeah you are listening to the The dope black moms podcast I'm delighted to have two special guests today I've got Lavina Stennant from the black curriculum and Shenna from Stopwatch. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Really amazing to have you here. And the Black Curriculum, honestly, everything you're doing. I actually saw you. I've seen you a couple of times talking at amazing spaces. I think last time I saw you was at um, Parliament doing something fancy. So I just love everything you're doing. And um, I just wanted to take time to understand everything about your mission just to hear anything that we can do to support um, and really just understand where you're at with it all, what you're doing for the future and to hear more about the book that you've just got coming out. So first of all, can you just take us back to how this all started for you, the, the Black Curriculum journey? Um, the Black Curriculum, our ultimate aim is to empower all students across the UK with a sense of identity and belonging and the reason being is because at the moment and still to this day we have an omission of black history and uh, even though there are now more popular narratives and more modern narratives about black history there is still a lack of recognition of the role and the contribution of black people to society and the globe because of the transatlantic slave trade so in our work, um, which started in 2019, having just finished a degree in African studies, I just felt really, really inspired by my studies, but also by the fact that in New Zealand, the way that Maoris, uh, you know, learn their history, share their history, it was just so inspiring. And I felt that we needed something like that here. Um, that's heavyweight, that's consistent, it's 365. And it also just tells the truth. So, you know, like we started 2019 and that was at a time before, you know, the rise of, um, well, first before the murder of George Floyd, but also before the rise of this idea that we need to like decolonize and embed history, particularly within schools. 
um, there was already a conversation around decolonizing the curriculum in universities, but I think now the narrative is much more broader and it's more wider. So yeah, and I just love that you're also thinking younger. It's great to think about university, but you know, we, Shenra, we both have young children. Like we can be doing preventative things, and that education, there's no, it's it's never too young, right? We could start this from nursery. We could start so much sooner than we are. Totally. Yeah. And for me, it's like there's so much young people that go into school and the formal institution of school and just are given of not only a whitewashed experience of history, but also like the, the teaching and the, their experience in school is just also very sanitized. So when we're thinking about embedding black history, it's not just teaching it, it's also how you teach it, it's how you showcase the black presence in Britain and the world in school um, and also for students that are not in school but are in nursery or PRUs at a later age how could we also support that teaching there so it's like yeah it's important for students uh, there's no age that's too young. Shanna how how could this help your work do you think with everything that you're doing like if we started younger do you think you would have an impact in what you're seeing day to day at Stopwatch? Yeah, I do, because I think one of the things that um, I believe is a direct impact of stop and search and being harassed by stop and search, especially through for young black men, is it causes a sort of identity crisis. And I feel like identity is something that young black men struggle with anyway, like boys um, and on that journey into manhood, their identity as a black male. And I feel like maybe if in history they learn a little bit more about you know the role of black men in this country and the role of black males you know worldwide not just through learning about it through slavery I feel like that would all really help just understanding who they are what their legacy is and what they could be within themselves as well I, I totally agree with you just how you walk through the world yeah how you stand would be different wouldn't it you'd walk taller and exactly. you command a different energy and um you don't know what that legacy could do, right? Yeah, if you're walking exactly. like that and if you're in school engaged like that, you know, it could change the trajectory of people's lives. And that's, um, I, I find that really interesting. Mm. I, I love the book series that you're bringing out, which looks brilliant. So Legacy, Places, Migration. Can you just talk a bit about the titles and why that was important for you? Yeah, we produced a series of books at the Black Curriculum and they came out in August. So now that you know we have the books which are catered for children eight plus, our aim as an organization is to not only promote the teaching of black history, also to make sure that teaching is also, uh, it's, it's going against the grain. Regulated? Yeah, well, it's going hmm. against the grain because what we don't want to do is to like um, reproduce the same narratives that we've been told about black people in the past. And I'm not just speaking about the ones that we were told that we were slaves, it's more like your most popular narratives like John Blunk or Mary C. Cole and, you know, your typical black British figures. So it's kind of going deeper to look at... uh, widen the net a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And also bringing it outside of London as well because that's why Places exists as one of our books um, to really just make sure that people are aware about the black history that exists outside of our everyday. So well as Londoners so yeah you're so right you know because my um my upbringing I was born in Jamaica brought up in the states and then randomly moved to Bristol Mm -hmm. and then um moved to London to work and there's there's 
obviously a US focus and also quite a London London centric focus. And everywhere I've lived, people you'd always get like, oh, I didn't realise there were black people here. You get you get kind of things like that and people just wouldn't understand the history obviously outside of African American history and out just outside of London kind of a London focus. Mm. And I think that would help, especially when you've got or when I'm I'm sure you still have feelings of the only black in the village those sort of mm. um those sort of feelings still there that it would just help to um yeah like widen widen the conversation mm-hmm. exactly we want to make sure that it's inclusive and it's yeah it's not just black history for londoners or black history for for, for i guess richer black people middle class black people it's for everyone it's all young people it's all our history so yeah since releasing, how has it been received, the books, Legacy, Places and Migration? Really good, really good. We had a good. book and um, we had a mixture of parents, um, some teachers, educators and young people come. Um, and that was really exciting because we got some insights at the day, on the day, um, as to what young people were most looking forward to reading. Um, and then upon its setting, it's been really good to hear the feedback, especially from parents and teachers who have been buying them for their schools and young people. Um, and yeah, it's just a new, it's a, it's another addition to a wider catalogue of Black history, which is excellent because we're building up something that's legacy for more generations to come. So yeah, the feedback has been really positive. Just going back to your earlier point, Lavinia, that I think sometimes what I find frustrating is that for example, I went. To, I took my boys to the World Reimagined exhibition um, oh. at Trafalgar Square, mm-hmm. and it was, yeah. And and the thing is, they really enjoyed it. So it was like lots of different globes, and it had all different sort of you know Black history. It was it was focused on the transatlantic slave trade, and I just mm-hmm. thought, you know, I don't want my children to constantly think that everything about Black people and everything about our history revolves around the slave trade because I think that's the narrative. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's what you said about, um, you know, our contribution to Britain Mm. historically being omitted. It's not like it never happened. You know, like there were black people in Victorian times during the Tudor times. So it's like, you know, kids learn these things at school. So why are black people left out of that conversation? Why are they left out of the subject? All you kind of need to do is, you know, bring us in and bring our roles in, even down to the roles that we played during the world wars. So Mm. I, I don't know. I just I find that offensive I think is the word no definitely I agree with you 100% um yeah I think we need to do more because it tells a story today as you say like what we're missing out in the past bears an impact on what students believe they can or can't do today so yeah and do you have any plans for more books in the future Uh, I can't reveal it yet but I will say that we've (laughs) (laughs) we've consulted young people um in terms of what they actually want to learn. So that's that's fueling the process this time. Can I ask as well, because, so I've got a son who's 15 and I feel like whenever I try to, you know, kind of engage him in conversations about black history, it all just, it's all very boring. And what does that matter now? And I feel quite sad about that. And I think it's like what you said, Nina, sometimes you have to embed these things in them from early. Yeah. But it will, so how do you engage young people and let them know just actually how important it is to know their history? Mm. Listen, I'm no different from your son. I'm not going to lie. Like, I can't sit in a history class. <laughs> typical history yeah. class, typical history. I think the only reason, personally, I enjoyed my history classes with in African studies was because 
my lecturer allowed us the intellectual freedom to look at different ways that yeah. that has been taught. So, you know, um, not just articles, but YouTube and like oral stories. And he wouldn't like teach mm. the class. He would tell us, you tell me what you've learned. So just the whole dynamic of learning and teaching was very different. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's just switching it on its head, like making more effort to work out how we can engage mm-hmm. our young children. But, but... I suppose putting the um, just putting some care and love into it, and it has to be a priority of the educators, and it has to be a priority of of the systems, and and it's I suppose it's down to them to make that effort. And if they're not going to make that effort, then maybe we as parents and everything that you're doing, maybe there's more that we should be doing. It just it feels so important. And like Shanna, like you said, some of this stuff really could save lives couldn't it yeah, as in yeah, everything you're doing you're, you're seeing the direct result of of what can happen yeah. and um it just all feels a little bit um what's the word Tr- trivial it feels trivial that we're not doing more when there's there's answers here and there's resources and everything you're doing yeah there is i think that a lot of young black youth they feel excluded from society and I feel like the education system is one of the ways that exasperates that I feel like you know you go to school you're learning about people that look nothing like you you're learning about how great all these other people were and again they look nothing like you you may get to Black History Month and then you learn you learn about the same people over and over again and it kind of just I don't know I think it causes like a disconnect what can we actually do what's gonna well I think you've like brought a really interesting point about like parent power, I really, really do believe in parent power, not just like, you know, petitioning schools, but actually outside of school and just looking at the force that parents are and the power that you yield in society, yield in society is really um, something that can influence like local councillors, it can influence like uh, your local MPs to actually place more pressure, not only on the councils um, that well not all schools are governed by um the state anymore but it can place pressure on those higher in power who can then think about changes that need to be made in the schools directly so i think like parents parents uh, need to speak out um directly from their children's experiences but also come together to think about sharing resources with each other um, actually campaigning for new change um to those people that i've mentioned because they are the ones that can have more influence but they list they listen to you guys so i think it's important that parents understand your you know you understand your power and use it um and i i I often sometimes hear parents say like oh you know sometimes it's up to the schools to teach the students or i don't have the time but it's like even if you don't have the time you still have the voice right and you can use your voice in a specific way so um yeah, I'm, I'm compassionate, but I also believe that, yeah, parents have so much power and I just want to make sure that we're using it as much as we can in this society. So for all the parents listening right now, how can we get behind Black Curriculum? How can we support what you're doing? Okay, so first things first, um, go on our socials. Our socials are the Black Curriculum, um, except Twitter, which is Curriculum Back. That way you can stay up to date with what we're doing. Also, our website is The Black Curriculum. And then you can sign up to our newsletter so you're constantly informed about just resources, plans, workshops that we're holding in your local area. Secondly, I would encourage you to um, also visit YouTube. 
and we have a, a page on our YouTube of our podcast, which is called The Sounds of Black Britain. And we also have some animations. And I would say that as a, as a first step is to email those resources to your school if they're not already teaching black history. If they are, then you need to ask them what they're doing to constantly think about bringing new resources in um, and looking at ways to partner with the black curriculum. So you're placing the pressure on the schools who will then contact us or, you know, vice versa for us to come up with new ways and new resources that can actually help them and then support the teaching for your students. And then I think lastly, um, you know, come to our events. If it's not your child, you can also educate yourself. I think as much as we are about teaching young people directly, but we also exist for you. So, you know, use our resources, use the advice on our page, stay up to date, stay informed and also educate yourselves, take a book, take a listen. If you don't like listening or reading, go watch something, but we have things there for you. So yeah, that's my advice. Basically no excuse. I love <laughs> everything that you just said. <laughs> I love like just putting the pressure on the schools and you've made it so easy for us just to be able to go onto your page, find the resources and just ask. Mm. That is, that's brilliant. How do you think that would go down at your school, Shanna? Um, I, I wanted to ask, so, you know, when you approach schools, do you ever come across any kind of resistance or, you know, how warmly received is what you do when you go into schools? Mm. So I think it depends on, so broadly, schools want to do more. The climate that we're in at the yeah. moment, post-George Floyd, everyone, every institution wants to be seen if not at least through CSR, at least through their policies to be seen to at least be, you know, embedding diversity inclusion. So when we approach schools or when schools approach us, there is like a willingness on the surface to want to engage. And this is not all schools, but at times we have experienced some schools not feeling that the material is palatable enough. Maybe it's a bit too radical. Maybe they're not... uh, senior leadership in particular is not prepared for such changes um but we're very blessed in the sense that we do have schools reach out to us who are already trying their best to do the work and have been doing the work and are getting positive results from students and just want to build on that so um yeah i mean it's tricky because there's going to be schools that just do it for a diversity award and then there are schools that actually want to commit to this longer term um, and the senior leadership and the governors are behind it. And those are the schools that have the long lasting change and the students are also involved and you can just feel the atmosphere is different. So um, yeah, it really just depends. And this is all schools, primary schools, secondary schools, state schools, private schools, we work with them all. So yeah. yeah. I feel like the staff make a difference as well. Cause I worked in, at an academy for five years yeah. and there was this really great um, black history teacher. And I feel like, you know, he really made an effort to make sure that he worked, you know, black mm-hmm. history into his curriculum that he was teaching. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the staff make a great difference as well. And especially what I find sometimes can be a bit tricky is when, you know, you've got an inner city school and then you've got staff that maybe from, you know, the outskirts, they're not really used to that inner city dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe they don't have the confidence also to sort of to navigate how to work black history into their their lessons. So mm-hmm. I think it's really great that you actually have resources as well. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Definitely, definitely. And, and you know, ultimately, sometimes it's, as you said, it's only on one teacher 
and we're saying this yeah is exactly all teachers all teachers can also become more more trained in how to teach and it's not just to quote-unquote anti-racism teaching that's a good start but we need to make sure that it's a constant embedding in how you teach how you engage how you see yourself involved with the school and so forth so yeah. we offer training as well so it's about more parents finding that time finding that space the energy to sign up to the ptas and yeah attend all the events attend all the meetings just have a presence have a presence for your children have a presence as a black parent in yeah. these spaces yes i'd say so and if you don't have the luxury of time then i would say that one of the easiest things you can do is just speak to your child when they're at home and understand what they're learning and what they uh, i guess what has been going on in terms of their experience wider experience in school as it relates to their identity and then use that as a catalyst to just prompt the school even if it's via an email or I know some schools have like a, an app just to prompt that change or question the, the, the teachers or the senior leadership in the school if you don't have the time to physically go there and like um, share ideas and resources. So, yeah. Mm. And Shanna, after this talk and um, seeing everything that they're getting up to the Black curriculum, anything you're going to change or anything you're going to do? come come Monday yeah I think that one of the things that I will do is I guess kind of make more of an effort to make sure that when because actually my son's school is quite good they do this like um diversity parents forum once a month and it always mm -hmm. comes up and I never go and I feel like you know I actually now listen to this feel a bit bad because if that is something <laughs> that you're concerned about then those are definitely the type of spaces that you should mm -hmm. make sure you're a part of um so I think I'm definitely going to go to that because then again even if I only go to one session but I can actually just mention well you know the black curriculum is it something that you've heard of this could be a way that we do embed diversity into the school because sometimes mm -hmm. it is just as simple as the suggestion so I think 100% that I think also just off of my own back as well I will try to um, you know get some of the resources and do little projects at home and I know it can be difficult because children are so like resistant to things these days but mm -hmm. I feel like you know put a little reward behind it that's always the motivator but um, just trying to do some home learning about certain things as well because I feel like that helps because then in the next history lesson it might be well you know I read this book I want to get my son this book called Black um, Tudors Mm. Um, yeah by Miranda Kaufman and I think so the next time perhaps he's learning about the Tudors it can be like oh well I read this book and there are actually you know accounts of black people being present during Tudor time so I feel like yeah I definitely will try to be a bit more involved in that sense. Well you know what I'm going to do my my latest little promise to myself is to to buy black yeah. For all Christmas for all parties you know how many parties you get invited to yeah and I've got two kids I'm always getting invited to a party so I was just thinking I'm definitely going to obviously buy the book sets the legacy places and migration book set for my my house but yeah. I want to buy two others and just have it for presents for my next birthday parties and I'll be that mum yeah <laughs> yes. definitely yeah. happy birthday <laughs> yeah and I love what you said um, earlier, um, Shana, about being more integrated in the platforms that already exist at the school. Yeah. Um, often it's the, it's the same mums that have the time, have luxury that go to these meetings. Yeah. They're not necessarily the ones with the voice and the perspective that's needed. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm, 100%. I'm really happy to hear that from both of you. So happy. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today and, and honestly for everything you're doing. Just lastly, is there anything you wanted to say to any parents listening who just might, well, obviously we all want to do the best we can with what we have, but just anybody that maybe is just, I don't know, finding a little bit overwhelming with the, because it is a bit of a pressure, isn't it, to, yeah. to do the right thing and and make sure that your kids are informed and you know you just you want you want to do the best but basically anything that you want to say to parents um that are listening yeah okay so yeah it's a really long road but you don't walk it alone and the only thing you need to do as a parent is plant the seed and the mm. seed will germinate so don't feel that you know you have to trail all the way through through the blitz and cold you know, by your by yourself, or if you have a partner, you know, together, there are there is a huge community, not only with this podcast, but also just networks of parents that are here for you and understand everything. Um, and I think planting the seed in those communities is going to what is what's going to help bring the change that we're all looking for in the future. So that is amazing thank you shanna for joining us so the black curriculum book series is out now and you can order at dk.com and you've got the blackcurriculum.com as the website and i'm going to put all the social links in and just thanks so much for coming on when you do have your new top secret stuff <laughs> that you are releasing please come back on and tell us all about it because um yeah i just am a big fan i love everything you're doing oh thank you and i wish you all the best as well in the future dope black moms if you'd like to join the dope black moms private facebook group please search dope black moms on facebook don't forget to rate review and subscribe please follow on all socials at dope black moms thanks so much for listening hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.